Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, and welcome to our third episode of The Brand Ambassadors. And I'm very excited about today's episode. We're doing two parts to this, uh, uh, to this uh, topic, and it's my favorite, crisis communications. Gary, um, are you ready to just talk about awful things that happen? I don't even know why we're doing this topic because nothing's going on in the world. What are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Monday, no no headlines dropped. Tuesday, nothing happened in New York. Wednesday, was there a baseball game? Golly. You know, I was thinking, Merritt, I was thinking, I, I don't know, if it, would it be good or bad to be like a uh, PR person for uh, somebody in Hollywood these days? There's some action oh my there. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. Right. And uh, Congress, uh, now members of Congress are, um, uh, 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 female members of Congress are talking, Congress are coming out and talking about uh, being harassed by their male colleagues. Uh, I, but, uh, you know, that's also such a fascinating development, the um, hashtag Me Too movement. Right. Uh, you know, I, I've posted to it. Uh, uh, and I expected people, you know, I expected a lot of women my age because we're old and stuff. What shocks me is uh, the women in their 20s, the, the uh, Gen Zs and the millennials um, also sharing that voice. And so I, I think it's a tremendous viral movement uh, that maybe will finally change some of the uh, workplace issues that women have uh, uh, contended with for, for decades. It is really on fire. I mean, it's uh, all you see. And then, uh, yeah, and, and just think about the um, uh, idols who are just falling. Uh, I mean, like a rock. Um, you know, right. People who were so thought of so highly and are now down. So how does, so I wonder then, whoever the, whoever the poor schmuck is who has to do the PR for the crisis communication, unless they love that. Maybe they, I, I could have this totally wrong. They could be uh, loving the idea of trying to represent uh, some of these folks who are in, in, in steep uh, trouble. Well, you know, we've had, we've had some personal uh, clients, you know, Vox Optima, in, in addition to government and corporate clients, sometimes individuals who find themselves um, with some uh, high-profile media issues uh, come to us. And that has been interesting. Um, we, we have had clients who are not terribly sympathetic characters. Yeah, so so you, you have to you don't have to love your I guess it's like a lawyer you don't have to love your client right or believe in their client's innocence. Well, that's uh, I'm married to a criminal defense lawyer, so yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely the case. That and you know talking about not liking your clients, uh, uh, we finally closed our Albuquerque office building because I was always on the road and none of Daryl's cl- uh, clients had the freedom of movement to actually come see him in an office. <laughs> Well, we at Vox, we, we, most of our clients, no, I should, let me, let me put that differently. All of our clients have freedom of movement, at least up till now. Right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, and that's, uh, we have worked with, we have worked with law firms before, and that's very interesting. And I, I, that's uh, one thing I enjoyed. I did, I actually worked a lot of criminal issues when I was uh, active duty Navy. 
And the big lesson I got is you have to be best friends with the legal team. You have the legal team has to trust you um, and you have to do uh, right by them because the most important thing, no matter whether uh, you're talking for, um, uh, you know, the, the defendant or the uh, prosecutor, you don't want your media to uh, uh, prejudice the outcome of the case. In your experience, uh, I, think, I was going to say, yeah. in your in your experience, um, did was it always looked upon as a um, a cooperative uh, arrangement with the legal team, or did they ever see you as um, you know the 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 ones who want the one who wanted to spill the beans or something? Oh, abs- no, absolutely, and um, but you know. Uh, one, I think one real success we had, um, we had a, a Navy submarine captain, that's an 06 equivalent of a colonel in the Navy, um, who got caught in a local Fox News sting, um, basically sexual predation on a Fox News reporter acting as a 13-year-old girl. And I actually saw it unfold live on my television the night before. Um, and this was, the internet was a lot slower, so we saw... Uh, the photo emerge on the television screen and we saw the blue background and the American flag and then the top of the combination <laughs> cover and we realized this guy had given his service record official portrait to what he thought was a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> hey, check and me out. It, check, me, check me out of my official portrait. What the heck? Oh, and it was, oh, it was, and it was such a messy case because um, he worked uh, for uh, the Navy Nuclear Propulsion Program. So he had top, top, top um, uh, extraordinary secret clearances. And uh, every time uh, uh, every time there'd be a new movement um, or there'd be another hearing, he would decide he had ideations of suicide and they would have to find a Navy psychiatrist with the same clearance levels to assess him. You know, <clears throat> you were mentioning that... Uh... You know, back when when you were doing this, the the, the internet was a lot slower then. And uh, you know, I was was doing some of this back when the internet was non-existent. So, I, I'm wondering now. Uh, that'll be something. Maybe we can talk to our guest about this too. You know, what is the impact of uh, of where we are today? Uh, it was slower then. It's super fast now. And now there's all the social media. So, the whole business of crisis communication. It's. I mean, it's, I, I don't even know if it. I guess the fundamentals are the same, and, and, and that's good, but the media and the me- methods to uh, get information are so different. Right, right. And uh, you know, the method is, um, uh, if, if there are legal ramifications, one, coordinate with your legal team, two, be proactive. And that's what we did with this Navy captain. I called Fox and said, okay, I'm, uh, I'm the action officer uh, on this story. Um, here's the situation. Not only are you the reporter, but you're the witness. So we got to figure out and we got to talk to the legal team and all work together so that you get to do your job as a reporter, but also that you as a witness are not screwing up the case and somehow this guy gets away. So that's that's the approach we took as the Navy. Changing it a little bit. um, So if you are a little guy and you're not a Hollywood celebrity or you're not uh, the Navy and you don't have a legal team, what what then, Merritt? Putting you on the spot. Well, yeah, that's you know, and that's true. We had actually a minor situation yesterday. Uh, I'm on the board of a 
a nonprofit called Adelante, and they provide job opportunities for the severely disabled. They just do so many great things uh, in New Mexico. And one of them is um, a back and use program where they recycle computers and give them uh, to people who need them and wouldn't have access to computers otherwise. Somebody brought his computer in for repair that had child pornography on it. And Adelante reported it uh, to the DA. I mean, they uh, they did everything right. But the media came uh, and wanted to do live shots from their parking lot. And there was concern about it. They handled it beautifully. They, and again, not a legal team. This is a nonprofit. Uh, they they uh, simply provided, you know, a written statement saying, this is what we did with the DA. And... Um, uh, the whole story was about all the great stuff Adelante uh, does, and then this dirtbag takes one of their computers and puts disgusting images on it. Mm, goodness. So um, they they handled it just right. They 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 handled it uh, just right. Um, I, I was really pleased uh, to see that. So a lot of it is instinct, and I think the the one thing you really want to be cautious of is saying no comment. Yeah, that your you know, instant instant perception of guilt. You mean? Exactly. Exactly. What are you hiding? And uh, uh, we, we've had a really interesting client this uh, spring and summer, Glorietta Camps. And they are a, uh, uh, a religious um, outreach, outdoor outreach program. And they want people to uh, find spiritual uh, 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 completion in one of the most beautiful settings uh, in New Mexico, uh, Glorietta Pass. And uh, the organization who runs it, uh, they bought the, the facility from another nonprofit. And one of the old nonprofit employees uh, uh, decided to become a whistleblower. And he wrote up every possible complaint he could with the state and the county for permitting. And there are all these gotcha. The, you know, the media basically descended on this really nice camp of nice people trying to make people um, have better lives. Glorietta Camps, their CEO, uh, their CFO, their COO were fantastic uh, because they said, hey, come on out. We'll talk to you. We'll tell you what's going on. And they took it as an opportunity. Hey, we have to inspect 100 different buildings. No problem. We're already a safe camp. Once we're done uh, responding to this state scrutiny, we're going to be the safest camp in the country. Now, do you think they natively knew just it was instinctive to do that or they, you you know, think they, they, or it was training? They, um, you know, I think they actually, to me, it, it, if you're good people, you're smart people, you kind of get this. They called me just uh, uh, to kind of verify what they were doing. And then what was so smart is they hired a full-time PR person who is fantastic. And so we had a little session of uh, media training and messaging uh, 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 to close it out. But, uh, you, you know, you're right. It was, it was instincts. Um, it, good people, smart people generally do pretty well at this with, without too much uh, uh, too much massaging. And I Maybe. think an over-massaged mes- message really, um, you, you can see when a message is too forced. Maybe we need to, uh, uh, with people growing up today, to, to make them unlearn what they've learned. You know, they've watched in the old days 60 Minutes and any kind of show like that, and they're so, in, so their natural uh, tendency to be honest and speak is, uh, is inhibited by what they've, how they've grown up and watched uh, media. Yeah, and, and there are some key uh, some some key lessons like don't talk about stuff you don't know about. Don't talk about stuff that you're not sure about. Uh, just kind of um, business speak, being a mature adult 101 um, goes a long way in PR. But uh, I'm really excited uh, to talk with our guest coming up. Um, 
a great firm, uh, Sean Douglas, uh, Sean Douglas Communications. We're going to talk with the managing partner, Paul Reinard. Uh, They've got some fascinating clients, first responders, educational institutions. Uh, They've got a great first responder emergency communication background. Uh, uh, We're going to we're going to have a lot to say. Um, And uh, Gary, you've uh, you, you know, these guys, right? Yeah, well, see, so you know what? We are, we're all part of the, I think we're all part of the Dinfos Mafia there, uh, or is that the bad, bad word to use? In, in no, PR, it's a but... perfect word. <laughs> yeah, and, okay. uh, what I, and like Vox Optimus, Sean Douglas Communications is a service-disabled veteran-owned small business, so uh, that, that uh, really resonates with me. And the Dinfos Train Mafia. Dinfos is the Defense Information School. Uh, where all military public affairs uh, practitioners um, are trained, uh, both enlisted officers and also uh, civilians. So we will um, take a short break. We'll be talking with Paul Reinard when we come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You 
are listening to The Brand Ambassadors. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everybody. I'm uh, Gary Ponderfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen on the Brand Ambassadors. And um, and uh, we indeed have our guest, uh, Paul Reinert, on the, uh, in studio with us. Hi, Paul. Gary, how you doing? Great, buddy. And uh, we, we, uh, we did introduce the fact that you are uh, part of our uh, a fellow Dinfosian. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. And you know what? Somebody we both know uh, sent mm-hmm. a message to me. Uh, saying, uh, reminding me mm-hmm. that it's National Veteran-Owned Small Business Week, and I, I kind I of did knew not that. Know that. I, you know, I should know that because one of our clients, uh, uh, or something well, else. Also, y'all, we're in, we're in PR. Why are we not promoting the hell out of this? How did we miss this? It's like spin doctor, heal thyself. Right. Well, that's the thing, Merritt. You know, it's like for for a totally different, uh, you know, t- type of media. We're like, oh yes, it's National Small <laughs> Veteran Small B- Owns Small Business Week, and we're doing uh, promotional things for them, uh, and not thinking, oh yeah, that's us too. Doggone it. <laughs> <laughs> so well, well, Paul, yeah, us Radio High Five. Right. Done. So so uh, so Paul. So uh, you got to explain why you wanted to get into this crazy thing. Uh, called crisis communication. We know it's so, so maybe it starts from your background. Well, yeah, I don't think it's something you. I feel like if someone sets out when they're when they're starting out in this business and that's what they want to do, um, uh, that's a that's a warning sign. Maybe there's something not quite right with you. It sort of it kind of happened that way. Um, I did not know. Uh, I would. I was going to join the Coast Guard and be a bosun mate, and then go to OCS and drive some ships. And then uh, I had a background in media and media relations. Um, and at some point, I found out about uh, the public affairs, public information sort of uh, tracked in the Coast Guard, which really fascinated me. And I, I went that route. And uh, probably about two weeks out of training, there was a uh, Coast Guard helicopter on a search and rescue off of uh, Humboldt Bay that went down lost the crew, and uh, that was my first, uh, I guess we call them responses in the Coast Guard, that my first incident, my first response as a, as a spokesperson, as a communicator for, for the organization during this really horrible time. And, uh, you know, seeing that impact and seeing uh, how the, representing an organization and communicating on behalf of, of people that are in a really bad, bad way, uh, I was hooked uh, from there on out. I, I didn't even know that, that was where I was going, and then it just kept going from there. Uh, I think there's a certain amount of um, there's. It's interesting. There's a certain amount of guilt that goes along with spending a career doing, you know, responding to these sorts of things because it is something that really uh, it's gratifying. You really enjoy it. Some of the best moments of of your professional career, and yet it's happening at the same time as some of the worst days in people's lives. And that's, it's always been sort of a conundrum. So I think if you set out wanting to do it instead of just kind of falling into it, uh, maybe there's something a little bit wrong with you. <laughs> well, maybe there is anyway. Yeah, right? I, I well, think, that's fair enough. I think some of it is is um, a complete sense of validation and the adrenaline rush because, uh-huh. you know, in public relations, public affairs, we're overhead. Um, you've got operators and uh, executives who aren't excited about the media, aren't enthusiastic about what you do. And when a crisis happens, they really need you. Yeah. And so, no, it, it, you definitely. Uh, it, it's validating. And it is, it's, it's exciting. 
because it, 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 every crisis is different. It's completely impacted by the, uh, uh, the media uh, uh, going on that day. Uh, I, I think it's fascinating work. It is, and and you're right. It, it's it's extremely validating, and I think anyone that is in, in in the business of communicating for an organization, no matter what what it is or for what whatever purpose, it's very hard to. Uh, we're constantly uh, dealing with leadership and and management that doesn't always fully. And they know that we're there. They know that they probably need us. They're not really surely, not really entirely sure why, always. Uh, and sometimes they don't understand the value. Where they think they can do it themselves, and we all deal with deal with that in this community. Um, and when you're in uh, dealing with constant crisis, it, you know, and especially if you've earned a certain amount of um, trust and, and credibility with people, management, then they're really happy. You know, it's, they're never happier to see you than when something like that goes on. So it does. You know, you sort of have an opportunity to validate why you've been there, and and uh, it's nice when when people are, are happy to see you. Um, because really, I mean, the most important function I've always believed, the most important function in the organization during a crisis is their, is their communication function. Um, when you're engaged with your clients, um, do they, do they put you in front of the, in front of the camera or are you just an advisor to them? Uh, it, you know, it really depends, but no, ultimately I always, um, they shouldn't, uh, it, it depends, but all ultimately, we want to put them in front of, of, of the camera. We want them, it, it's their voice. And it's just a matter of us consulting and advising on, on uh, their overall strategy, how they, you know, how they can manage uh, the situation in a crisis. But for that, a lot of times it's a matter of, you know, it's your basic, you know, teach us back in DIMFOS, that subject matter expertise, uh, that SME prep, or you're, you're prepping the spokesperson, identifying, helping them identify the right spokesperson depending on what the issue is, it's, it's always going to be a little different. You know, it's not always the CEO is not always the best person to go on, on camera or to be the voice for certain, uh, certain crises. Um, and so it's, it's better to do it that way for sure. And that's always what we push. If they, I think if you put, uh, like a, a mercenary like us in front of the camera for your organization during a crisis, then you've, uh, we probably couldn't help you to begin with. It might actually even be a negative because the media yeah. might pick up on that and say, well, what are they doing mm-hmm. with this? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I was thinking back uh, many years ago, there was a, we had for a particular instance, uh, incident, uh, we had developed public affairs guidance mm-hmm. uh, to respond to, uh, to query. And um, one of the questions that came back from somebody in leadership saying, don't ask that question. I said, I'm not asking the question. Right. I'm saying you may have to. They're going to ask you the question. Right. It, and so in other words, sometimes people say, I don't want to hear that question. Please don't ask that question. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and it's, uh, it, that's the biggest. And that's one of the challenges, again, being in the communication um, business uh, in public relations and, and, and that sort of thing is the uh, – the the understanding of what you do and the value of what you bring is not always um, not always there with the manager and they don't it's you know when you're you know a, a management team they'll have their public affairs person they'll have their lawyer those typically the team and and Omer was talking earlier about how they have to work together and they do uh, the funny thing is when you're when you're a manager or when you're a C-suite or 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 a commander or whatever it is you uh, you know you look at the lawyer and that person's got a doctoral degree in law and you look at the public affairs officer and that person well you don't really know what that you know what kind of expertise that person brings and um so you know when you you, you're constantly having you know you're trying to do your job just the fundamentals like coming up with a a solid q a 
And yeah, and then you have to sit there and, and waste time trying to convince them that like this is not this is a question you will get. I'm not trying to, you know, this is, this pag is not what's going out and they don't, they don't quite understand that. And I, and I get it, you know, it, it, I think early in my career I was frustrated with it um, and a bit snobbish about it, but as time went on, you understand like that's part of your role as well as educating them and, and that sort of thing. So. I thought I heard Merritt about to ask a so question. So did I, that's why I stopped talking. That's okay, but so. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> well, no, I, and I was about to, so um, you uh, must have intuited me uh, perfectly. I love it when we have radio ESP. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what um, do you do when you are uh, uh, preparing a, a, a client? What are some tactics you use to make feel good about um, being a spokesperson? How do you convince them that they're the best ambassador? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, a lot of it is based on, it's an, a personality, understanding their personality. I think, you know, there's uh, there's certain things that, um, and, and the nice thing, and I'll say this about crisis, is uh, one of the other things that I think um, appeals to me, and I think appeals to a lot of people about it is, you know, there's there's a lot of strategy and strategy that goes around public information, public affairs, communicating, you know, sort of communicating uh, an idea or a concept, the marketing part of it, all that goes into it. When uh, when it's a crisis, it becomes very, very simple, not necessarily easy to do, obviously, but it's a very it's very simple. It's very streamlined. Um, people tend to really focus and understand that um, that they need to listen to the people that they've brought on or that they have on their team. Um, and and understand they've got the skill set because um, everyone's going to feel a little bit outside of their league at that point. So I don't have a whole lot of a lot of times it's it's pretty it's pretty simple and again a lot of it is establishing that credibility and that trust. Um, but it's not too difficult to convince someone uh, that the you know, who the right spoke, spokesperson is. It really just becomes a matter sometimes of convincing leadership or the people that are making the call as to whether or not that individual, if it's not them goes on camera um, or becomes the spokesperson. But usually it's just looking at using those basic fundamental principles of public information and what you're trying to communicate, what the message is, and who you're trying to reach and who can best deliver that effectively. And um, a lot of it comes down to just, you know, where that person is in the organization. A lot of it comes down to, I mean, uh, we I've, I do this one, I have this one um, article that I wrote a while ago and I've talked about it quite a bit with clients about the the uh, the things that you look for when you're choosing a spokesperson uh, and and there's a lot of different factors you look at but like the most important really is willingness to do it um, and uh, you know and, and if you have all the factors that I list in that and I, I won't go through all of them but um, if you have all those factors that's kind of a unicorn as it is so sometimes the most important um, thing is is someone who's willing to do it and sincerity in terms of their personality and how they come across. Um, that's really the most important thing. And the rest of it, you can sort of coach people up on. But if they're not comfortable or they're not willing, really, and they're not empathetic or, or sincere in the way they communicate, then it's not going to work. Well, um, we, whatever your, your, we, we can come back to your, uh, to your ideas on, on what the spokesperson should be in just a minute when we come back from the break. But uh, I'm always reminded when I hear this stuff about sincerity. Of the, mm-hmm. I, always, I hear it's the George Burns quote. Uh, about uh, the most important thing in show business is sincerity, and once you can fake that, you can get away with anything. <laughs> You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors, and uh, we're talking to uh, Paul Reinert, who's the managing partner and uh, COO of uh, Sean Douglas Communications, um, and we're going to be talking more with Paul when we come back from this break. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation with Paul Reinard, COO of Sean Douglas Communications. And we're talking about uh, uh, convincing uh, executives why they need to uh, be out in front of the media. A question I've got, uh, Paul, what do you do when you have somebody who's just bad at it? They're not a bad person. They're not bad at their job, but they're terrible on camera. Uh, <clears throat> well, there's there's only so much you can do in in a given uh, period of time, and that's why uh, that person. If that that's one of the for me, uh, and advising a client, if they just don't come across as, um, if they just, if they're just bad at it, then I strongly, obviously, it's ultimately their decision. But there are a laundry list of reasons why that. That's you find a surrogate, or yeah, absolutely. I don't think typically the people that. You know, when you're identifying your audiences, which it always starts with, like, who are you really trying to communicate to? Um, and it's not CNN, you know, and that's a lot of what people think that, you know, they, they think they're trying to talk to the media. And it's like, no, it's the person on the other side. 
your stakeholder or you know your employee even or or people that are impacted by you know maybe something that you've done is you, you know you, there's a I talk about crisis communication actually being simple but 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 not easy to do and what I mean by that is the, the concept is simple doing it effectively requires getting through that filter of people being upset or angry or judgmental whatever the whatever the, the, the filter is that and the media filter too getting through that and, and a key to that is having a spokesperson that can communicate the message um, that is empathy that supports the organization uh, that understands what's at stake and also understands the sort of the 40,000 foot view of what's going on and can speak to it um, and also obviously has the the confidence of leadership but uh, that those those things are important uh, the the title and who you are uh, within an organization I've never felt like that was as important when you're talking about engaging with the media and communicating a message um, the uh, it's you know, Merritt has mentioned uh, on a couple of occasions that P- the public uh, public affairs folks are uh, are overhead. Um, in terms of crisis communication, I wonder the number of uh, organizations you deal with um, that are just uh, kind of gambling that n- that uh, nothing bad's going to happen, and then they call you at the last minute and compare that to those organizations that are forward thinking mm-hmm. and hire you uh, your organization to prepare them for an eventuality. Right. Well, uh, it's easy. Uh, we don't we don't uh, we don't work with anyone uh, unless we've worked with them before something happened. Unless they've recognized that there's a need. Uh, there's simply no helping someone who um, there's no. It's not a you know. It's not a fire alarm. Uh, it's not like a break glass in case of emergency. If if you haven't done the work ahead of time to prepare for a bad day, there's nothing anyone can do for you. Um, you know, and uh, so we we just don't do that. We 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 wouldn't do that. Uh, we'll we'll be on call for people we work for, and some hits the fan, and absolutely. But uh, you know, it's it's sort of a common adage among crisis communicators that ninety percent of it is in the prep the preparation. That's ninety percent of the success. I don't. I always say I'm not a hundred percent sure about the ninety percent, but it sounds about right to me. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's really where it's at. You have to do the work ahead of time. You have to recognize and plan. And that, that is going to be 90% of it easily. And then the rest of it is, is execution. And then there's always going to be those variables in a crisis that you, you can't fully anticipate. But you'd be surprised at, at how much you can. Um, you don't really have to know when or, or how it's going to happen. Um, but you know if you can just assume and, and work on the eventuality and take some time to dedicate to a to a plan of action should it happen, you're going to be so much farther along the line. Um, you know, there's this idea that we can control these things, and it's not about control. You know, we try to tell our clients to take control out of the out of the equation. It's not about that. Um, it's about managing and mitigating, and doing you know everything you can ahead of time to increase the odds that you'll be able to come out of it uh, on the other side uh, relatively unscathed. Hmm. You know, if there are, I'd like to ask about. I'd like to ask about uh, social media because I think Mm -hmm. in a lot of emerging situations, people are looking to Twitter and Facebook and their uh, smartphones to get Mm -hmm. uh, the latest information. How do you bring social media into your crisis uh, plan? Yeah, you definitely. It's it's. uh, There's a whole other sort of addition to uh, to any kind of planning that sort of with the social media in particular. Uh, and, and the way social media has changed the dynamic in crisis is that, you know, we used to talk a lot in the old day, the old day, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right term. We used to talk back in the day about uh, our days, our, our days. days. Thank you. We're not old. 
Yeah, thank you. Very, that's that's perfect uh, about getting out ahead of the story or, or or that sort of thing. And and what social media has done is that's that's no longer possible. You can't really ever get out ahead of a story now with social media. Um, you can just hope to be a part of that conversation and and share the you know we call it the information battle space and and be you know sort of because most of the news now a lot of the news is breaking. You know, look back at the Boston Marathon. We did some work with the city of Boston to put together sort of a joint information system for them so that they can coordinate all their different agencies when, you know, when something happens. And, you know, you look at the Boston Boston Marathon and, and so much of that uh, broke and so much of the information was coming from social media. There was this guy uh, on uh, this, this Twitter handle, JP Deathblade was a Twitter handle. And, uh, you know, he was one of the more preeminent uh, conveyors of, of information people were going to him uh, or her uh, for information and uh, it, it changed it sort of changed that dynamic uh, and then there was a lot of bad information that went out there obviously too um, but with social media the, the key there is uh, you have to again it goes into the preparation you have to have first of all you have to have a, a some sort of community you know you can I know a lot of companies they'll say we're just going to put this out on our Twitter feed or we're going to have our Facebook It's part of our communication. And, and it is just, a, I mean, social media is a tool. It should be looked at as a tool um, just like any other means by communicate or to communicate with your audience. But you, uh, you have to have a plan ahead of time. You have to understand who's going to have the authority to, to, to speak on behalf of the organization with that Twitter handle. There's got to be some messaging, some understanding of what types of things can be put out immediately. You can't have the sort of the old model of let's develop a message, run it through legal, run it through, you know, headquarters, the corporate suite, and, you know, then we'll be able to put it out. You can't do that. It's just not, it's, you, you can, it's just, you're setting yourself up for failure. So social media has changed in that regard where you have to factor it in as, as a tool that, and a lot of times, I, in my, in my opinion, I, I, I feel like social media has become uh, the most relevant means by which people get information period, no much less in a crisis. Um, media, far less so. I, I found uh, a fascinating uh, situation unfold when I was having a breakfast meeting with an old friend of mine um, who happens to be the uh, Western Director of uh, Public Affairs for TSA. Uh, he was in uh, Albuquerque because uh, we're in his region for TSA, and we met for breakfast. And he looked at his phone and he said, excuse me, I have to take this. And there'd been a shooting at LAX. Mm-hmm. And the way he confirmed it is AP posted pictures on Twitter. Right. And so, yeah, there, and that's, and he, you know, basically he had to make a few calls, tell his boss what was going on, put out some tweets confirming, uh, finish his bacon and eggs and get the heck back uh, to the airport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's very different. That's a, a very different way of responding to a crisis. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the other, uh, another uh, uh, social media uh Crisis. I remember, not crisis, but where it came up. I, I grew up in a very small town in New Mexico called Silver City. Um, internet is uh, better. Uh, everybody's got a smartphone now, and uh, we do have a uh, a local radio station. But that's that's about it for media. And we had a brush fire that was spreading fast in March. And that's very early for the fire season. And what was brilliant is the county and emergency services set up a Facebook page immediately. Yeah. That, and that was so smart. So everybody could go know that went there. It was branded with 
uh, county emergency responders, and that was where the real information was breaking. Right, and I, I, I don't know for sure, but I'd have to, I'd have to assume that that was somewhere, even if it was notionally in the back of their heads, that was something that they had, they had thought about beforehand. You don't really stand that stuff up as quickly as, as that always, unless you've sort of planned for that to begin with, and it sort of goes back to that, that planning idea. And uh, yeah, citizen journalism has definitely sort of changed things. And and when you have me, I, I for me. I knew it had changed. You know, social media. I used to preach preach it preach it as just oh, just another tool. It's not you know the be all and end all. It's not public affairs or public relations. It's a tool, but it's it's shifting now in terms, especially when and for me it was when I started to see how mainstream media was basically citing social media as their source. So when the media is going to social media um, for their sourcing, then that you know they knowingly or unknowingly sort of I feel marginalized themselves in a lot of ways because why would they you know why would you go to a, a traditional media when they're just going to the same source that you have immediate access to yourself real quick um, so if you are not a large organization or an organization that can you know, at, what can a medium or small uh, organization do uh, to be uh, proactive to be prepared um, you know if their budget is is relatively small, what should they do? Yeah, it's 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 pretty uh, straightforward in a lot of ways, and maybe you know maybe I say that because uh, because I've been in it so long, but it, it really is the fundamentals of any kind of um, uh, communication is is understanding you know what could go wrong, understanding the playing field, and just uh, you know so for for example you know uh, company calls and 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 they're interested in um, they're interested in, in putting together something at least. And, and the, the, the good news is you don't have to have this extravagant 20 page, 30 page, 50 page plan. Uh, you just have to, you know, we have these worksheets we hand out sometimes and they're just simple worksheets. Anyone can follow them. You don't have to be a public relations person to follow them. And it, it starts out by, you know, you basically you take a look at your operations, understand what you operate in the, the arena you operate in. Um, and, and so, you know, we do a lot obviously with the energy industry. Um, and you start with that, figure out what your risks are, brainstorm it. And, you know, once you identify what the potential risks are, you can start to narrow that down and, and sort of brainstorm and, you know, a way to respond to that. And it can be, uh, it can be a one pager. Oh, this is, this has been great. And I know we have a lot uh, to talk about next time on the East coast. I want to sit down and tell sea stories over a glass of brown liquor with you. Uh, Paul yes. Reiner joined us today, a chief operating officer of uh, Sean Dudle- Douglas Communications. That's Sean, S-H-A-W-N-Douglas.com. We'll be back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin, good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties 
PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back. I'm uh, Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen on the Brand Ambassadors. And uh, that was a terrific segment, a couple of segments we had there with Paul. And um, um, before we go further, Merritt, I want to, I want to, uh, uh, John, our buddy John has uh, uh, said, hey, wait a minute, we did promote uh, National Veteran-Owned Small Business Week. We did on our social media. John's on top of things. It's just like you and I that weren't, weren't focusing on it. So now we will. So, okay. Thank you, so, John. Yes, thank you, John. He's on top of things. He's a, he's he's on top of things. So, um, <clears throat> so during our discussion previously, before Paul uh, uh, at the end of Paul's segment, we're talking about um, whether or not uh, you get the, the you brought the idea. What if you have a, a, a CEO or someone in leadership who's not particularly uh, good on uh, on camera or speaking to the media? I think one thing to say about that is. <clears throat> 
while they may not be very good, uh, if we have that time that Paul talks about, that prep time, we, there, are th- there are relatively simple things, I think, that we can do to get those leaders uh, in a position to, I guess, accentuate the positive so they're not necessarily horrible. What are your thoughts on that, Merritt? Uh, I, I absolutely agree. And then so you need to have multiple, uh, you need multiple spokesmen ready because the CEO may not always be available. Maybe he's out doing CEO stuff to manage the crisis. So you definitely need a, a couple of folks designated. And it, it's it's very simple, uh, simply getting comfortable with the narrative, um, making them, uh, if, if you can record them so they can see themselves and that they that, that, that look okay, and give them uh, the support and the feedback so that they're confident. And I think the, the number one thing uh, in preparing spokespeople of any sort is to develop confidence. And I would say the second most important thing would be having a, having your message ready, and that's what goes back to Paul again. I mean, it uh, and being prepared. If you have, you can get that confidence. I think if you have your message, if you know what your what your story is, and you know what you're going to answer, what you're not going to answer, and, and and what you're trying to get out, I think that can give you the confidence to say, okay, I'm not, whatever this reporter may ask me, um, I know where I'm going. I, I know what I'm I'm going to say. I, I agree, and I think that should be driven by what do I want to achieve with this interview? What do I want to achieve with this statement? And you need to look at uh, the specific goals. I want people to feel safe. I want uh, people to take a specific action and evacuate an area. You have to uh, decide what you need people to do and then tell them, tell them that. Right. I was thinking uh, one of the questions I did not get to ask Paul, and we'll have, definitely have to have him on again, was um, uh, it, Obviously, I would love to have heard a couple of his success stories. I'm sure he has just overwhelming number of those. But I also was curious of the stories that maybe where you did all the right things on your end, but things didn't quite go well on the other end. Do you have any uh, any C stories about that, Merritt? I don't know if you do or not. Well, I think uh, my favorite was um, in, a, in a legal situation, we had agreed to give one national network um, an exclusive uh, an exclusive live interview and uh, flew to New York uh, to, ach- to achieve that. And at one in the morning when we had to, I think, be up, at, you know, picked up at 530 uh, to get to the studio, the client calls me and says, I've changed my mind. I want to go to another network. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was 20 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. But we did uh, uh, get him convinced. Expecting you to show up at 5:30 are probably the folks you need to give the interview to. I'm just saying. So, Merritt, um, and we talk about these things when we do our uh, our media training for, and, and often when we do media training with clients, it's a it kind of covers the entire range of of things that may go on in in, in uh, communications, in uh, dealing with media. But one of the questions we we ask ourselves and we ask the uh, students, if you will, are uh, when is it when is it appropriate not to talk to the media? Should we always be uh, beholden to a query or not? You know, if you don't have any additional news, then don't have a press conference. And I've seen law enforcement in the interest of uh, making sure they get information out as, as quickly as possible uh, in an emerging uh, first responder situation will hold a press conference and they don't have the information yet they don't have things confirmed and if you you don't if uh, uh, you want to speak forcefully and convincingly um, 
you can do it too soon and you can be too responsive. You really have to make sure your information um, is confirmed, is accurate, uh, and uh, you have something to say that's different, perhaps, than what you've said before. Uh, you may think it's great to do a press uh, conference every hour in an emerging co- uh, crisis. It isn't if nothing changes. You know, I, uh, I, when I would watch the Sunday morning talk shows, and I bet you most people that uh, watch them, uh, they get uh, just unnerved because they, let's say a politician's on, and the, and the, uh, the host of the show will ask a question, or maybe it's a reporter asking a, a question somewhere, um, and they just, it, it comes across as if they're refusing to answer the question. I know there's lots of techniques that, that are used, but I mean, it can really drive you crazy, but really it falls back to a uh, training of knowing uh, the nuances, I guess, of how to accept a question and deal with it. So I think that's one of the things that really is a, a good part of media training is, is showing people how to, if you can't have a good answer, uh, how to respond in a way that does not come off as you're trying to uh, to, to uh, evade the question. Block it. You're try- block it. You're trying to be right. helpful. Um, so I think, uh, so it, again, it goes back to preparation. And sometimes an okay answer can be, I don't know yet. Right. <laughs> what do you mean you don't uh, know it, yet? It's, 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 a, it's a lot better to say you don't know than to guess. And I think people that do not prepare, they, they panic. And that the worst thing that can happen, I think they, they feel that they have to fill that dead airspace. Um, the reporter asks a question, and they feel like they have to respond within seconds. Uh, and that time seems interminable while they're, while they're waiting to think of their answer. And then they just come up with something, um, and they just don't realize that they, they, they do have um, uh, the power to to respond and, and, and say what they, they need to say. They're not required to say something. And boy, can you get in big trouble if you if you just start opening your mouth and wondering what words are going to come out. You mean like we do on the brand ambassadors? <laughs> no, I, we don't do. You know what? I'll tell you something. No, else. it's all scripted. It's all scripted. We, we but, are, we're, just, we're just that talented. Right. You, one of the things about that is that... Uh, uh, I think it happens to people too, is when you just sit around and talk to people, you can shoot the breeze all day long and it, well, where did the time go? But when you're dealing with a reporter, they ask a question like, how are you? And the people are freaking out going, I don't know, how am I? I have no idea. What am I supposed to say here? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, that, you know what, Mary, you've got, mo- you've got more of this going on. I'm sorry, go ahead. See, we're, all, we're talking over each other. I apologize. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. We do it all the time. It's like a conference call. And uh, uh, no, we've uh, we've got to close this show. But um, our next episode of the Brand Ambassadors, we're going to be talking with first responders and communicators who dealt with Deepwater Horizon and the Indonesian tsunami. It's going to be a great show. Please uh, uh, check us out at www.voxoptima.com and send your questions and ideas for the show to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. For Gary Potterfield. I'm Merritt Hamilton-Allen. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton-Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.